Welcome to Health Raisers. Health Raisers don't just survive, together we thrive. I'm your host, Dr. Nadine. Okay, I'm gonna need you to relax, take a couple sips of beer. <laughs> All right, today my guest is my husband of over 25 years. The silent guest or the guest of honor, the one who I have referred to many times on the podcast. So some of my listeners kind of already know you, Kevin. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. <laughs> it was quite the challenge getting you on. <laughs> but I think you're one of the perfect people to talk about managing your stress because sometimes you do it well, sometimes you don't do it so well. So I want to kind of explore the things that do make you feel comfortable and relaxed. Namely, if anyone knows you, they know that your nickname is the captain in our family because you love boating so much. Let's talk about um, how you started to fall in love with boating. So I had a boat when I was a kid and my parents did. And it was just a nice way to relax and do something different than you're normally doing in your day to day. And was in the Navy. And so I was out on ships and out at sea and so it's just uh, you know to me it's always been a way to do something um, different and unique um, something that most people don't do on a day-to-day -day basis what is it about being away from a regular environment that invites you to relax so it's just <clears throat> focusing your mind on something different than the things you're focusing on every single day. And since my job is stressful, it's helpful to go do something that's, you're working at it. I mean, when you're on a boat, especially if you're in charge or taking a trip, there's a lot of things you need to do. There's a lot of things you need to think about, but thinking about something in that way, it takes your mind off of other things you might be doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Talk to us about your job. So I'm a labor and employment attorney. I um, basically, the simplest way to explain it is when companies have problems with employees, whether it's litigation, whether it's dealing with problems as they arise, um, dealing with unions, um, I'm the one who they come to to help them with their problems. A lot of what I do is spending time on the phone on a day-to-day -day basis. Clients will call me. They have an immediate problem that needs to be taken care of today. And a lot of what I do is basically being very responsive, coordinating with them, helping them through a problem, helping them proactively deal with the problem. Um, and it can be stressful because I don't know on a day-to-day -day basis what's going to come up. And mm. it may be something that I've dealt with a thousand times, or it may be something that I've never dealt with. And 
the clients nevertheless want answers right away. And so you have to be able to you know, deal with that. Okay. And then that pressure has changed with time, right? Because, you know, obviously I've been with you through the whole journey and it was, you were different in law school than when you were working in the summers where you were finding those clerkships to work, to start to kind of train to become an attorney. And then those early days when you had other, a lot of partners around you for support and you had a lead or or two who were mentors to you who taught you a lot. And then you shifted to becoming a partner yourself. I've seen the stress ramp up over that time. Would you agree? Yes, because you're once you're a partner level attorney, you're now the one responsible for making the decisions. You're not just giving somebody some input and they're the ones who have to take accountability for the ultimate decision. You're the one who has to make the final call. And a lot of what I do is judgment. It's weighing risks. It's telling clients what the risks are. There's no, sometimes there's right or wrong answers, but a lot of times it's gray areas and identifying for the clients what the risks are, helping them find the best pathway through those risks. But ultimately, if you're the final decision maker, then it is stressful because you're the one who has to make that final call. Let's talk about different ways that you have had to support managing your stress. And I mean, things we don't necessarily think about, like your environment, your social environment, the people around you, your hobbies and interests that help you. We started to touch on boating and we'll go deeper into that and then talk about other things. I'm even talking about your physical environment too, because you have gone through being in an office. Like when we were living in our first house, there was a lot of travel involved. So there was the train and then making sure you got places on time and then having the stress of needing to finish on time to get to a train, to get home at a reasonable time to be with us and spend family time. And then with the pandemic and our move, you started to work from home, which you didn't have before. And there's definitely a different tone to this environment because we're surrounded in by woods and, and birds and wildlife. You're able to spend time with the dogs during the day. And one of our dogs actually spends time in the office with you. So th- there's been a difference in tools, I guess, and and your physical and social environment that may have helped you manage your stress better? Would Have you noticed any differences in any of those shifts? Yeah, it's helpful to be out in a natural environment, to not be just dealing with a city environment all the time. It's much more you know, relaxing. You just feel better when you're in, I do, at least in a, in a more natural environment. That being said, during the pandemic, being here for months on end and being very busy, the busiest I've ever been, going from basically waking up to just walking a few steps to home office Mm -hmm. and then being there for 12 hours a day and then spending a little bit of time and then going to bed and just repeating that over and over and over again 
I had to start going back to the office periodically because I needed that change of scenery mm. because it was just getting to be just too redundant and I needed to have a little break. So even just going to the office a couple days here and there was helpful because it changed my focus. Okay, so change of physical scenery. What about uh, change of scenery in terms of needing to be around people or not? Basically seeing us on a regular basis, mainly me, and sometimes when the girls were in and out and basically the dogs and not really too many other people, did you feel that that was something that was uncomfortable or you were wishing that you could have more of a social outlet with other people? No, because I, on a given day, I might talk to 10 or more clients and most of them I've known for a long time. Mm. So I'm on the phone with people all day long or Zoom calls. So you're interacting with people. It's just not in person. So I would say then it's not something you necessarily thrive that that causes you to thrive, which is I need to be I'm an extrovert and I need to be around a lot of people. And so that kind of takes me back to boating. Let's talk a little bit more about the serenity and the quiet and the lack of crowds on the boat. Right. You can go out on Lake Michigan and be by yourself. Like you can have peace and quiet, even if it's a busy July 4th weekend, you can, there's enough space out there. You can go out somewhere by yourself and have peace and quiet. I mean, you may see other boats passing, you may see people on the beach, but you can be by yourself and relax. You know, in a marina, there's definitely people, um, but it varies. I mean, sometimes of the year, it's less busy than others. And it can be very quiet and very relaxing, especially like early morning, if you get up and, you know, the sun's coming up and it's serene and peaceful. That's, that's nice. Is there something about the water in particular you find calming? I do. I mean, I think the water is calming. I think also just the fact that if you're operating a fairly decent sized vessel, there are so many things to think of and plan for. Like when we used to take two week trips where we would leave and we would spend two full weeks on the boat with two kids, two dogs, where we had to basically make sure we had enough food and water, spare parts, other supplies, clothes, everything on a very tight environment. And also deal with weather, deal with all sorts of unplanned things. Um, there's a, so much to think about that it just necessarily like, even if you're super busy, with work, and there's a lot of things that are stressful and you're constantly thinking about them, you have no choice but to think about these other things because in some cases it's, you know, life or death. Like, you, you know, if you go out in terrible weather and a storm comes up, I mean, if you go out on Lake Michigan, there's a chance you can die. I mean, if it's bad enough. Mm. And so you have to think about those things to be safe. And so you necessarily don't focus on other things maybe that are you're worried about or that are work-related because you simply don't have the mental capacity to focus on them when you're focusing on something else. So far, you've described liking 
an external, uh, an outdoor environment. So let's take that to running, which has been a, a passion of yours since you were, you said you started running with the, one of your brothers like you were eight years old, right? Right. Yeah, running is is good. I mean, I, I, I can't stand running on a treadmill. I mean, I've done it when I've had to, but it's just very boring to me. Um, you know, running is hard and I, I just can't, on a treadmill, it's just not the, I don't get that input from the environment that I do when I'm running on a road. It doesn't matter whether I'm running out in the country or even downtown Chicago, I got to have some kind of external stimulus. And I, I run typically, the only time I won't run is if it's snow or ice or rain or below 15 degrees. Otherwise, I'd rather be outside than on a treadmill. So it's not just being outside itself. It's also being involved in activities where you're able to take a mind that is busy because both of us are type A. So you're able to kind of channel that energy into other stimuli. So being careful while you're running outdoors or maybe choosing another trail. So it's something new for your eyes and your brain to to take in. And like you said, you like, this is why we call you the captain, because you really like all of that planning and making sure everything's okay and kind of thinking through uh, plan A, plan B, plan C. Is that Does that make sense? Does that sound right to you? It does. And then I also like to run, I haven't in a while since pandemic, but I also like to run races. And in part, that's because that gives me a motivation for training. It's, it's easy to go out and run and run at a slow or moderate pace. But if, if you know I've got a race in two months and I want to I have a goal of a certain time, mm. you know, okay, I've got to fulfill these certain steps and I've got to follow a training plan to get there. It provides incentive to work harder mm-hmm. and improve because if, if you were to ask me to run a race today, I could do it. I just wouldn't be very fast. But if I, you said, there's a race in two months, train for it, I would be much better prepared. So you like goals, you like challenges. Do you ever purposely seek out ways to be uncomfortable where it's not about a goal or a challenge? Lately, I haven't, I haven't been running races, so it's, it's more just trying to improve generally. Mm-hmm. But it, for me, I, I really have to have that specific goal if I really want to do better, um, just because you'll focus more not only on the intensity of the training, but also the frequency. Because it's easy to say, oh, I'm tired today, I'm going to take a day off. But if you know you have a goal and you know you're following a training plan and you have to run X number of runs and certain distance per week, you'll overcome those resistances that you have because you know you want to succeed. You know, I don't run marathons. I run shorter races, five and 10 Ks, but I also like to, you know, in terms of the one thing I like about those is they have age groups and you can, if you train hard, even, you know, somebody like me who doesn't do this for a living, you know, you can actually place very highly in your age group just from training. So I'm also hearing that the discipline is just really a part of 
who you are and it's not something you really think about consciously. Can you describe your most stress-free, relaxed day? Uh, I know, see, it's hard. I know it's hard for you to think of what that's like. <laughs> yes, because I'm so, my days are focused on something to do and there's always something to do around the house or the boat or... That's true, but yeah, but that's true for everyone. You know, there there is always something to do. So indulge me a little bit and fantasize about what your most idyllic day is like? So I would say an idyllic day would be getting up, having ideal weather, going out on the boat, going out on the lake, swimming, relaxing, just doing like beach activities, everything, you know, weather's good, no bugs, no other problems, having a nice dinner. Who's there? You would be there and kids. What else? That's it. (laughs) Okay. Have you ever thought about bringing some of those elements that you described into your day on a regular basis to help you relax? Okay, so how about this? Why did you start to meditate? Because I was going through a very stressful time, had a case that was the most complex and significant I've ever handled in terms of the amount of money at stake, the complexity of the issues. And it was just something I had read about actually in a legal magazine because it's more and more prevalent that they're focusing lawyers on, you know, being cognizant of stress and other issues. And so, yeah, that's when I, I started doing it. So they're guided meditations, right? Yes. As you know, I, I'm the one who got the Headspace app and mm-hmm. introduced you to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you ever able to take some of those tools that you're learning in meditation and when you're relaxing on the water, using some of those memories or maybe even some of the techniques of what you're controlling your breathing when you're running, when you're feeling stress and you can't, like in the middle of a workday, and you can't be in those places or or you can't be running. Yeah, I'm, I'm much less stressed than I used to be overall because of that. And one of the things that I do too is not so much when I'm working in the office, but when I'm working here, I try to take a walk every day, just 10 minutes during the middle of the day, just to get outside, get out of the office, just, you know, walk around, look at the scenery and come back just helps me. So we're sitting on our porch and it's the beginning of summer now when we're recording this. The bird activity is quite prevalent. You probably hear that in the background, I'm sure. I know this is something that you've discovered that you really like as well. Like what is it about identifying the types of birds in the bird song. And something else that you've done is hang specific birdhouses around because you've gotten into this habit now or this hobby of noticing them and noticing what kind of birds are natural in our Michigan area. What is it about watching the birds and, and hearing them that you find enjoyable? 
So it's just interesting. There's a lot of them. I mean, we see all different types throughout the year. Birds I've never seen before when we used to live in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Since we live right on the woods, I mean, we, we see all kinds of woodpeckers and hawks. And it's just curiosity more than anything and identifying it. You hear something, you want to know what that is. I like to be focused on something. I, I don't like to just sit around and do nothing. And so having that, you know, even if you're sitting around doing nothing, but you're listening to birds and, you, and you're thinking about what kind of birds those are, it's something to do. So do you find it hard during meditation to quiet your mind? Yes. Hmm. How long have you been doing it? I think like four or five years. Has it gotten any easier? Or I'm not saying that you become a master at some point and it's never hard again, but have you noticed any difference? It's definitely easier now than it was. I mean, it just depends on what's going on too. I mean, if if things are pretty calm and like right now things aren't too busy for me. And so it's, you know, very easy to be relaxed. But when you're extraordinarily busy, you know, it's harder to it's harder to do so. It's just the nature of it. So we do know, as especially as we're getting older and we're starting to feel more change happening around us, we do know that it's hard to be in control of everything. And I know that with your background, it's you've described when you're being raised and being very responsible and having goals and there was a lot of discipline at home. How are you finding yourself dealing with uncertainty, especially as more uncertainty is happening now. So we have, well, my parents are aging. You know, our kids are are getting older. We live in an area now where we had a ton of surprises last year that we didn't anticipate and we had to be very adaptable. Are you finding that challenging? Because I do know that you like to have things tidy and with that to-do list that you can check things off and feel like you and feel accomplished. And so that's that's actually helped me a lot is I have every every day is is list oriented. So I have lists for not just work things, but home things, boat things, personal thing. Everything I do is on a program. Things that I have to do periodically come up with periodic reminders with issues we had with the house. One of the things that was helpful was just list all the things we need to do. And then you you at least, there's not stress because you at least know what they are. You at least have them identified. And then you can come up with a plan for how are we going to address all those things. It's not all going to happen immediately, but as long as you can list them out, you can have a I think a calmer perspective about it because it's not just oh there's you know there's so many things to do it's overwhelming it's well there's a plan and you just have to figure out how to go about approaching it and whittling it down and one of the things that was helpful for me in terms of dealing with the house is yes there's things you can't control but there are a lot of things you can control and as long as you keep making progress on it and working at it and obviously, as you know, spent a lot of time working on the house in the last few months because it's like, well, I, I was able to identify 50 things that need to be done. And if I can do two or three of them every weekend, 
Well, now all of a sudden it's like there's five or six things left, not 50. Obviously, because I, I know you, I can ask this question. At least this is how it appears to me. So I'm going to ask it and you let me know if I'm wrong or if it doesn't feel right. But it sounds to me like uncertainty is very uncomfortable and maybe even scary to you. Yeah, I mean, I, but I, I, I think you can manage it and if you can at least be proactive about the things you can control. Uncertain things happen or strange things occur. If they occur and you have the, the slack to deal with it, meaning you don't have a thousand things on your list to begin with, but you've, you're, everything is pretty much under control. When those surprise things occur, they can be better managed. But if, if you don't take the time when you're in, when you have the time to deal with things, to be proactive about certain things, then, you know, ultimately you're going to be less prepared when surprise things occur. How do you feel when things are completely chaotic or you made a plan and it went awry? Well, and that happens. Um, obviously, it doesn't feel good. And that happens sometimes in dealing with house things, too. I mean, you start taking something apart and it doesn't work out the way you want. That's very frustrating. But at the same time, you just have to make do with what you have. Does everything have the same weight? No. No, and that's, you have to make priorities and you have to say what what's important to do now versus what things can wait until later. And that's, you know, constantly doing that. So are you more, less, more or less uncomfortable with things not going your way, depending on how much risk there is or how much there is at stake? Yeah, I mean, especially in dealing with client issues, I mean, you have to, I mean, there's certain issues that are extraordinarily serious um, and others that are less so. And of course, you have to prioritize paying attention or paying more attention to the things that are more significant. Sometimes I know for me, when I feel like something is, I'm telling myself that it's a disastrous outcome. What I've been doing lately is saying to myself, what's the worst that can happen? Do you ever do that? Yeah, I mean, you have to when that's part of the problem of lawyers in that they always think in those terms. They always think about the disaster scenario because you have to do that when you're giving a client a sense of what the risks are. But it brings me comfort to do that. And it doesn't sound like it's doing the same thing for you to say what's the worst that can happen. No, because you you have to say, well, the, the worst case scenario is, you know, very low 1%. And so you can't necessarily dwell on that as a reason not to do something. Part, part of what I do and part of how you develop relationships with clients in what I do, because that's what it's about. I mean, you, you have to have people trust your judgment is they have to understand that if something's really bad is going to happen, you're going to tell them. And that if there's some gray areas, you're going to tell them what the pros and cons are. Ultimately, the client has to make a decision, but a lot of times they're relying on you for your recommendation. And 
it's it's all judgment. It's all weighing the risks based on experience, knowing what's the likelihood certain things are going to occur. And there's a lot of variables. And that's why somebody who's fresh out of law school can't do what I do because they just haven't had 20 plus years of experience, experience doing it. Right. Because you can't, there's, there's no way you could ever teach somebody all the nuances that you learn over the years. Okay, so you come back to work again and it it seems like what I've been noticing is it's harder for you for myriad reasons because of your position now and because you do have less help and because you are working from home. You are more accessible because of, you know, email and texts and things. So it seems like the, it's harder and harder for you to separate stress, a stressful work environment from a, a more relaxed and stress-free not working situation. Right, because unfortunately the demands of what I do are, I wouldn't say 24-7, but they're probably 18-7 in the sense that clients expect that you're going to be accessible, you know, significant part of the day and, and certainly on weekends too, if the need arises. So there's never like you're 100% off. And, you know, so it worries me, I have to say, like, for instance, we were driving our youngest daughter. Um, we were on a road trip to go to our eldest daughter's graduation. And, you know, your phone rings three times in the car and you're answering client calls and you're driving and you're trying to maneuver getting into a parking lot so we can make a quick stop. And it just really struck me in that moment how nefarious how um, not being able to unplug from work is and and again it just causes me some anxiety what what happens if you just say out of office why are you why are you not able to completely unplug because the nature of what I do if a client has a problem, Many times they need an answer, not just that day, but within an hour or two, because they're going to make a decision about an employee, about a layoff, about something, about an investigation, and they need your guidance. And unless there's someone else who can stand in your place and give that to them, they're going to go elsewhere if they can't get it from you. Mm. So that's part of what the business of being a lawyer is, especially with what I do, is you have to be accessible because that's the value you're providing to the client. Is it sustainable? It is in the sense that I have managed it. And particularly now that the pandemic is not as severe, that, that was causing a lot of problems because clients were dealing with so many more issues than they normally were mm -hmm. that I was, I had the two busiest years I ever had by far mm -hmm. because not only were the clients dealing with all these new issues with COVID and the workplace, but also I found that they had nothing else to do but work anyways. Mm -hmm. So people were working 
crazy hours, weekends, there was no break. And it's much different in 2022. I don't find that there's anywhere near the same level of uncertainty about COVID-related issues or the, um, the fact that you know people are just sitting at home and they have really nothing else to do but work. I mean, they, people go out and do other things now and have other things to do on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel worried about managing your own stress or do you ever feel like it's out of control? I mean, I did several years ago, but not now because I feel like I have the tools to keep it under control. I don't have any trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. I mean, I go to bed when I'm tired and fall instantly asleep. Mm-hmm. And I get up early, but that's because I have things to do. I don't feel tired all day. And also what we, what obviously since this is audio, what um, my audience, what our listeners can't see is that your favorite companion, your favorite four-legged companion, Frankie, is right next to you and she stays with you pretty much all day too while you're at work in your office, right? She's my assistant. She <laughs> sits on the couch in my office and works with me all day. <laughs> yeah, it's a special bond. Well, since we've talked about you know, the different tools and, and trying to unplug and, and what brings you joy, what brings you peace, what would you say is your personal definition of what it means to be healthy? I think it would be, I find I feel most healthy when I'm exercising a lot, eating well, sleeping well, and not being too busy. I like to be active with things to do. I wouldn't like to not have anything to do, but I also don't like to be too busy. In the last couple of years, there were times when it was definitely too busy when you're working 14, 15 hours a day. That isn't healthy, but fortunately that's not the case this year, which is which is good. What does retirement look like to you? I think I'll have plenty to do with house, boat. Um, there's lots of things that I don't deal with or work on because I don't have time. But, and, and in particular, I, I would like to be able to spend time on projects on the house and the boat where I don't feel rushed because it's the weekend and only have limited time mm-hmm. to to do them. And I feel like I'm rushing around because I, I only have a limited amount of time when you can just slow down and take your time with something. I would enjoy that a lot more than I do now when it's more just trying to get things done. Okay. Kevin, thank you for being on the show. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for being here. It really means a lot to me. One of my higher purposes in life is to help women thrive, not just survive. Here's a testimonial about my work from a trusted and respected colleague, author, coach, Bernadette Jiwa. In a world that is constantly telling us who we should be, it's very hard to show up as yourself and you're helping people to do that every day. If you want to work with me, if you don't want to just settle, contact me at 
healthintegration.com. Let's connect. Let's connect.